Eddie like the truck's top bottle dropped sunside in a weathered balloon shot up to the side of an aisle like those who follow down a highway towards the skyline oasis of puddles to smack her at. It was that kind of day again. And by day I mean the middle as is the maths of night and this is that and another for the quiet quite ledger of vertical drops for a robot to read to you and another and auto the all around roundness of all city the bellow kind of cheese that boxes cook for the dips to chit away at and the meter sticks into it and makes a spicy splashed up bit of ooze to enjoy. For what else is there? Leisure is our pronoun tonight. And we named it thus so as to utilize the measure of bars and beats and treasure to bury for later as in the coin termed paper you neglected to write the evening before dew drops bonders muddy sandal toed continuation of a runner on sentences in a jail cellular conversation which a copywriter turned you on to, like a car keyed for digital entry in an age of golden ratio Fibonacci, the petal rose as grows on you, tattoo lady. What was her name again? Came a quiet whisper across the room where needles drew and women showed their buttocks to other women to tauntle for. If that were a word, and it may be just and those drawings, where did you get them from? They are from a notebook I've been meaning to keep yet keep losing, as in my mind. She flipped through the art book, look here's another. Do you think that would look good here? Your other buttock. Yes and slightly to the left this time, see if I raise like this, and I'm on my side. You know? Well, for the... Shoot. I lost another one. That's the third needle this week. I've got to buy myself another set, but I've been using this one since the 80s. You know I draw on Mount Claire before her movie career. Remember she was all up into it and said it would never end. It was her buttock too. Funny choice of wordings. She had me right up there. Up where? Asked the notebook women. Oh, I see. She looked at the pictures Ava was showing her now. In any event, yes she's beautiful, and I never saw the films. Stag were they? Kind of dark lines there, don't you think? And what's that? Just that. It's just a star with an arrow through it. Clever if you're into a Cupid's way out of town, as she was. Well she was my invention. She'd come in during the middle of the week and let me draw and pay me in tips from the movies and we'd have a chat about what was next and next too, and sometimes we'd go in the back end, well she was she and I was me and it was good to see her from all sides. And so the women lit up, her cigarette, and flipped through the book that was being handed to her, as Ava drew more on her right buttock and began to hum. It was a tune, out of, and slight and they took their time away from each other and carried on in their minds. Mount Claire was flipping out, in the book in front of this young woman. Flip flip. And flipping. She's flipping people off there. And flipping over there. And over, and over there. And all over. What a spread. And what a book. She looked at the back cover. Nine and ninety-nine cents for this one. That's not bad for the eighties. I should get a bear. Like this? Ava turned her head up. Like you want that here? He motioned at one of the images from the book and pinched her patron's ass just a bit, and winked. Oh sure. I'd like a bit of Mount Claire, and some more about how she was. If that's part of the bargain it was. She looked at her arm a bit. Following the curves which had been drawn by her own hand in fire time. You know, we're pretty liberal about a lot of stuff. But we are dead serious about fire precautions. Rumors are circulating online that an annual unsanctioned gathering of thousands of people
Come one, come all. Muddy boots will wander where sneakers never will. Moving on the back roads, through the backwoods, and into the cracks of our imagination. A podcast disguised as a sound painting. Or is it a sound painting disguised as a podcast? Tune in to hear a patchwork of sound, snippet, and song. Field recordings from wherever. The random whimsical. And the rare and not so rare. Greetings and welcome home everyone to Muddy Boots. My name is hunkering down in hunkering camp to Nolly Von Washer Hands. Here to warmly present Totally High Holy Rainbow Colored Spirit Hawk of Awakened Manifestation Part 7. An episode that features 20 years of field recordings I've made at rainbow gatherings around the world. You can find the collection online at soundsfromtherainbow.org as well as parts one through six at soundsfromtherainbow.org slash podcast. You can find books, articles, and whatnot to get a cursory understanding of what a rainbow gathering is, but of course, it's difficult to impart the experience without attending the event itself. Mostly because it's tricky to write about a phenomenon in print. However, rainbow being an oral culture the field recording archive acts like an ethnography of sound where you can get an idea, perhaps an even deeper or richer context of the event through said sound medium. At the very least, this episode will give you a sonic insight into the creative expression found in the woods. We're going to put one foot after another and head out on the rainbow trail and we'll begin with a poem that I find quite apropos in these strange times. Home is written by Robert Lovett Smith. Special thanks and a shout out to my friend Finch for sharing the poem with me. History rises unbidden in the schoolyards, in old rhymes, whispers of the plague years, echoing across cracked asphalt mingled with childish laughter ring around the rosy the boils swelling on the skins of ancestors who wrestled with death on beds of dirty straw burning the slow fuse of fever as the blood went bad ashes 
ashes is a ghostly sneeze down 700 years, or else the ash, the dead bones blackened into some forgotten potter's field, and the quaint pocketful of posy, so charmingly poetic, now in its innocence, an herbal cure, helpless even then, against the reaper's shadow darkening a crate. All right, Carl, here's my new theme song. The IMDb, and then goes from there, goes into interviews, go into old articles. Right. I'm, I'm now doing the uh, uh, research. However, this is a movie that we've done twice before on the show. Oh. And I don't think I need to add anything to it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I have some information. I wrote down some stuff. Um, and as long as you keep tr- PMs at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four ninety nine. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. FM. It's Wednesday. It's high noon. I am high because I just had a big sip, about a half a bottle of the Alta California Botanicals Anxiety Tincture. I am feeling no anxiety whatsoever about the show today. Uh, about anything, really. Thanks, Alta California Botanicals. I am joined by my co-host, LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth Wind. Good morning. I mean, afternoon. Yeah. High noon, baby. High I like noon. that purple eyeliner you're wearing. Thank you. You all can't see it on the... It's, is it purple or is it blue? You're looking super 80s. You look yeah. Like, it's because of David Bowie. That's all. It, I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Colors. Colors. Uh, things are going to be okay, everybody. We still can listen to his music. We're also joined today by Steve Poggi. Back again like a bad penny. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve Poggi, comedian extraordinaire. Uh, so that means we have two misery people in the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We lost the Rams. They're gone. Oh, that <laughs> is really messed up, dude. Like, gone. what are they going to do with the arena? They're going to turn it, it into junk. Who, who fucking cares? Let's, the, the Chargers are leaving, too. What are they going to do with the... Oco or, or whatever they I have no idea what. I, I, yeah, I forget what their stadium's called yeah, it's not Orca no it's not the Orca. Oco is the Colise- right. Oakland Coliseum yeah. Raider Nation which we heard they might or might not be leaving N- none of this interests me that much I just have to listen to my boyfriend talk about it all the time so I'm like <laughs> you it's gotta, one of those things you gotta get an earful the only reason why the lambs interest me is because it, they came in 95 and they at least have went to, they've won one Super Bowl, and they've went to two. Yeah. And the thing is, St. Louis is in the shithole as it is with what's going on. And the, the one thing that at least can pull St. Louis's together was like football, like sports, like people love the cards and all that shit. And now that the lambs are gone, it kinda, it's kind of bittersweet. Kind of sucks. People are going to be fighting in the streets again. Yeah. Killing each other. I mean, I guess this is one way to unite people in St. Louis, like black, white, brown, whatever, that everyone's pissed off. So that's one way so they can burn the stadium together. Burn the stadium together. That's called unity. Burning the stadium together. (laughs) 
You know, it, I mean, the thing is that maybe the United States does need a big war so that we can... It seems like we don't... Um, I, I don't know. I, I say reuse it, repurpose it for another thing, but it seems like too. we just knock it down and make something better. Yeah. Uh, like they tried to do in Santa Clara. Oh, and yeah. And that shithole where they're going to be having the 50th Super Bowl, this calling time. it San Francisco. It fucking pisses me off. That's not yeah. San Francisco. They've got the 50 in front of the city hall, and every time I go by it now, people are taking pictures in front of it. Oh, look, 50, Super Bowl 50 is in San Francisco. No, it's not. It's in Santa Clara. It's in Santa Clara. It's not here. I used to be able to look at Candlestick from my my house, Aww. and it's really sad. It was just like, if they would have just had one more year, if they could have had the 50th celebration there. What, what, what's happened with Candlestick? Did we it's blow that gone. up? Yet? It's they gone. Blow, they blew it up. I, yeah. Yeah, well, they took they, they done blowed it up. They didn't blow up, blow it up because the neighborhood was like they didn't want. They were worried about asbestos and what have you with all the dust. Yeah, sure. So they took it. Uh, Cousin asbestos and his asbestos. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They took it down piece by piece like a Lego. Uh, and so, and it came down pretty quick. I went by there and took pictures and what have you. It was, that was really sad too. I don't even like football. And like, just like the fact that I'm like, oh, candlestick's gone, you know. And then now, you know, you have it at the stadium in Santa Clara. It is, that's not the same not thing. San Francisco it's not 49ers. San Francisco. That's not. That's like, it's a suburb. It's a suburb, absolutely. Yeah, it's okay, whatever. I'm upset about it too. It's so stupid. And the, you know what? You're going to be really upset when the Super Bowl, when all those people come. Oh my God. You're going to get it. <laughs> well, maybe I'll go down and I'll pass out flyers for the Mutiny Radio that is 2016 Comedy Festival. Do that. And what? I'll be like, hey, you're from out of town? Oh, you're from Texas? We have a Texas comedian coming. <laughs> Stick around. Yeah, well, during uh, the Super Bowl week, that's the highest. Uh, like time for prostitution. Oh, sweet! I can make some money. Anything, yeah. So if you want to get out there and fucking shake your meat fan, yeah, people will pay for it. I was thinking about stripping on the weekends. Warren Sapp got busted after the last Super Bowl with two hookers. That's the thing, man. If you're gonna get hookers and you're famous, you have to pay them. All right, you can't just Didn't try to not them. pay the stripper or the hookers, because uh, that's no, hookers got feelings. Hookers got feelings. Um, <laughs> stripping and hooking is different, though, because yeah. right, one of right, them, right. you just wipe your vagina juices on them, and one of them, they right. wipe their penis juices in you. So it's a little bit <laughs> there different. Was a, there was some strip club in the east side of Illinois that my buddy was obsessed the with. The Roxy? At, I, I wanted, maybe that was it. No, I, there was a, It's not Pink Slip, because that's the black one. No, it was pink a rundown slip. one, though, but... Circle. I used to hang out on the east side. That's right. Yeah. To go through them. Maybe it was wrong, but the the guys hooked to try to get people to go was uh, you can get your nose wet for a dollar. Oh, <laughs> That's gross. What tell people. Like, oh, I don't think I want to join that. If it oh. was the Roxy, that was my favorite one. I used to go there and have coffee. I wanna. I can't remember <laughs> where. The first time I went into a strip club in St. Louis, like when I turned old enough, uh, we walked in, and like I looked over to the left. And there was a uh, like a cocktail waitress, and there was this big trucker guy, and she was like sticking a beer bottle in his ass. Oh, and uh, wow. my joke was, uh, "Hey, it's prison with a cover charge." Come on <laughs> wow! And he liked it. Yeah. I just can't, I I just can't. I don't I don't understand why people like to stick the things up their butts now. Like, you know, if. If I'm on top and you want to grab my ass a little and kind of go and you're sort of skirting the edges there, that's fine. But don't. What are we? What are we putting things in there for? I think people just get bored. Yeah, boredom. 
You can only put your inflatable blow-up fist in so many holes before you're like, well, let's stick it in the old butt. Let's see what we get out of that one. Wow. Uh, so today on the AltaCast, brought to you by Alta California Botanicals, uh, we're going to talk about failed and successful uh, stories and trials with sobriety. Sobriety. Because uh, yeah. comedian Steve Poggi right now is... Working on, uh, hasn't had a drink in two weeks, is it now? Yeah, well, it, it's different, though. I'm not considering that sobriety. Like, what, I got in trouble uh, a while back with that whole felony burglary thing, which if you want to hear that story, go to my website, stevepoji.com, <laughs> download my CD, Felony Funny, and uh, you can hear that whole thing. But after that, I took shit really seriously, and I was like, oh, dude, I got a fucking crazy-ass problem. But, uh, so I was sober for two years, but I was, like, preachy sober, like, like, you know, this is the way of the light. This is what everyone needs to do. And you were I'll never AA. Drink again. You were going to AA. I was going to AA, but I wasn't really using like the twelve-step program. Like I was just going there and like talking about stuff, and it felt like good to go. Like it felt like okay. You were just using it for comedy time. You're just but, using uh, it for stage time. You know, one of the things that really upset me about that is the the AA class that I went to. One week you would go to, and it would be like a discussion, and then the next week you would listen to a speaker from like a cassette tape. And they put in this cassette tape, and it was all fucking hack jokes oh. that the speaker was using. Like, like I called the hotel front desk. I said, uh, "There's a leak in my sink," and she said, "Go ahead." Or it's like, like cheesy fucking oh, God. shit like that. Would that would make you want to drink. And I knew the comic that did that stuff in St. Louis, so oh. I was like, "Did he steal it from him, or did he?" St-? But after that, I was like, "Ugh." And I, I was good. I didn't. I didn't drink for two years, and then uh, I broke up with this chick that I was obsessed with, this fucking beautiful blonde-haired minx, and uh, dude, she crushed me. And I, I fucking brought the beast back. Oh, that's this, all it takes, huh? Yeah. This is like this isn't necessarily sobriety because it's just like I want to make healthier decisions. Like I, I think of it more of like if I eat a big thing of spaghetti, I'm gonna get heartburn. So if I drink a bunch of booze, the chances of me having, you know, panic attack or anxiety become higher. Like the past year, my physiology has changed in my body, and now I need to take better care of it. Yeah. You're becoming an adult. Yeah. Well, I'm going to buy a gun, and then I'll be an adult. (laughs) (laughs) That's scary. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Nine millimeter Beretta, I'm in the market. You're not kidding. No. no, (laughs) You're not not shitting. I, I don't believe in the whole gun thing. I think it's a terrible idea. I love guns. Yeah, I, everyone loves guns. You're an American. It's it's built into your DNA. You're goddamn right. It's built I, in there. I like bows and arrows. Yeah, but that's just yeah. in my blood. Good luck shooting a burglar with a bow. <laughs> Good luck trying to get that Beretta from like the lock. You know. Oh no, there's locked no away. lock box. I don't have children. <laughs> I'm gonna have it ready to go. <laughs> oh, dude. I, that's I'm, where accidents happen. I was Absolutely. talking to my uh, my. My idiot roommate, who's uh, been kind of famous amongst my friends for the dumb shit that he says and he does, <laughs> and uh, I was telling him, like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to get a gun, and he was like, one time I stayed in this motel room, and it was so sleazy that I took my gun, and I duct taped it into my hand. Oh, my God. Wow. I was like, dude, that's the most insane that shit is crazy. I've ever heard in my life. You have to really be careful how you sleep. Damn. Yeah. Shoot like, you in like, the face. You just... Set it on the nightstand? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's gotta be that is like a horrible, that's hand. a bad idea. I'd roll around in my sleep. I'd shoot something. Dude, I'd shoot my face. I would definitely shoot something. Uh, accidentally shoot my cat. 
shoot someone down the hall. I just watched a terrible, terrible movie on the Netflix called uh, Last Shift about this nice new this nice new police lady who's in this thing and all this scary stuff happens with ghosts and at the very end spoiler alert just don't watch it it only got one and a half stars anyways but she accidentally shoots these guys that were coming in to clean all three of them and then she gets shot because the other policeman comes in it's like everybody dies everybody dies that's the moral of guns everybody dies sometimes yeah uh so stories of sobriety it's working out for you right now. Yeah. Well, one of the things I did enjoy about AA is all the alcoholic construction workers that would come in, missing fingers because they were drunk. Oh, my God. Took them off. Drunk at work, lost hands. Oh, yeah. Well, Time to not get sober. hands, but more like fingers. Like fingers. They have a bunch of stubs. and driving. Stubby. Wow. I had to go to AA for a minute um, only because it was part of the court-ordered thing for my DUI. DUI. Ditto. And uh, that was only in San Diego, though. Once I came up here to San Francisco, they did not require that, which was great. It was just a San Diego thing. Did you ever find the AA kind of scary? I found it kind of scary with all the God and Jesus stuff. I, the God and Jesus stuff bothered me. I liked the cookies and juice. Um, I just didn't like how it made me feel like church, and it made yeah. me feel really guilty. And the first one I went to, like, I just kind of sat there and cried. And they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Um, and I was, it was awful. And they're like, tell us why you're here. And I'm like, I'm stupid. I got a DUI and now they're making me do this for my court ordered thing. Will you sign it? Will you sign my card so I can get out of here? Thanks for the juice and cookies. Um, but you know, listening to people's stories didn't, it doesn't help me want to be sober. It just, I don't ever want to be sober. I don't, I'm, there's a reason why I don't have to be sober, and it's because I'm never going to have children so that I can drink as much as I want whenever I want to. And you don't have a car. I don't have a car. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with it. I really, really enjoy drinking. And there haven't been too many like negative repercussions since the DUI and since sort of changing my lifestyle to accommodate you know, the mass consumption of alcohol. And not the mass consumption. I mean, I'm not like, last night I drank a pitcher of beer. I don't think that's that crazy on a no. Tuesday. No. You didn't do shots. And I don't do shots. Yeah, not anymore. I'm an adult. It wasn't like you were going all like Keith Richards with like a bottle of Jack Daniels in your hand trying no. to swig the whole bottle. No. I mean, you know, I just, even I, 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 I've been, I was talking to Poji and saying like, I'm trying to take a break oh, a week from alcohol. Mine is just vanity. I just want to lose some weight. Dude, oh, I've lost yeah, so yeah. much weight. Yeah. Because I, I haven't drank at all since 2016. So I've, I've lost about 15, 17 pounds. Be- between the weight you lose from the alcohol and then just not having the, you know, be, being better about your diet and not being yeah. like, oh, I'm all fucked up. I better get, you know, a basket of tater tots. And- <laughs> Grease. Yeah, cheeseburger with a grilled cheese sandwich in it. <laughs> That's when it gets bad. Yeah, I mean, it's to me, it's all about vanity. And it is, it, and that has something to do with your health as well. So that's why, because, you know, I noticed during the Christmas season, I was ultra depressed. And so I found out there's this app called Saucy where you have liquor delivered to you. Oh. Yeah. And I took advantage of that for about two weeks and uh, couldn't get out of bed. But I was drinking the hell of, out of Cook's. Brute 
sparkling wine and i was just i was just really down the dumps and then i was talking to a friend he's like yeah i'm gonna take a break for two weeks and he's a hardcore drinker and i'm like dude if that guy can do it i can do it too so it kind of motivated me to like you know i've noticed i've like kind of gained a little weight since and i'm like you know what fuck this the booze will still be there let me uh you know lose some weight or something well, vanity sobriety. I mean, there's, I guess there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ways to stay sober, and vanity sobriety is one, one of them. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, my biggest problem with the AA, uh, like, other than, like, the super, like, religious, like, God stuff, uh, was this sense of, like, y you have this disease that you're going to live with the rest of your life. I couldn't handle being like, oh, I'm going to be, f I'm just fucked up for life, and I just got to carry this cross. But I've seen other people where it's like, dude, you are, you have a disease, <laughs> like, you are <laughs> fucked up for life. But I, I never felt like that. So, it, but to have like no like recovery, like never be fully recovered, to always live with that, it just seemed like you were in this like weird state. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that. Yeah. It, it also bothers me, and it's like that. Um, maybe we'll watch a clip in a little, or listen to a clip from the, um, the South Park where the dad goes to AA and he's like, that's it, it's a disease, I can't help it. And he just keeps getting drunker and drunker, I can't help it. And I, f I feel like it is sort of a cop out. <laughs> it's not me, it's God, it's in the hands of God. I can't do anything, you weak piece of shit. You can't, it's not me, it's, I'm powerless. I need a higher power so I won't drink. Seriously. Dude, some people do, man. Some people but get th what's, so fucked up. And, but what's like, wrong with them that they can't say, oh, I am an I am a human being with thoughts and feelings. People that blame things. Now I don't believe in the existence of a god anymore because I was raised to believe in it, and I I, I drank the Kool Aid, hook, line, and sinker. And now what I say is that there is no god, and you people are just weak. And oh, it's a disease. You know, it's a disease if you get to the point where you have DTs and you can't live your life without drinking alcohol because you're so shaky shaky that you could have oh, a seizure. Okay, that's that. when it's a disease, but it's still not in the hands of God. It was in your hands. You and you couldn't handle it. Uh, and it's the same thing when you're if you're addicted to heroin, you're fucking addicted to heroin and it's not like I'm just going to stop because your body is like I need this heroin. But are any of us like that far down the road right now? No, I don't no. think so. I mean, some the, don't get me wrong. The, like that's the big thing about it is everyone's shit is completely different. So mm -hmm. if you don't have a good way of being honest with yourself or looking at yourself in like a you know reflective manner, then you're gonna be fucked. But I feel like a lot of these people that get super far down the rabbit hole, it's more of like a self punishment. Sure. Like it's like it's not suicide, but it's like. Like, like I said, I was sober for two years and I broke up with this girl and then I felt bad and she had like cheated on me so that I felt worthless. So then it was like, I'm just going to fucking shove this shit in my face and get all fucked up. Yeah. And, and uh, I did for a long time, but man, fuck it, I've been tased, hit in the head with fucking <laughs> bottles. There's mazed. also, there's also the factor that a lot of, you know, people turn to like drugs and alcohol because of trauma, you know, childhood trauma and other things that have happened in their past that I noticed even when I went to uh hey, hey. <laughs> because of my DUI and I you know they I, I never heard anyone in that whole group when I would go talk about like anything to do with their childhood huh you know and yeah. I think that has something to do with why people do what they do there's something traumatic that has happened to you that you go so down in the hole and it, it you might have it like in a 
black box in your head one day and then all of a sudden there's something that unleashes it and all that comes back to you and then you go down the downward spiral basically and i don't i don't think a lot of like aa they don't talk about that as much you yeah know? i feel like it's a lot of people who have had something horrific happen to them and they refuse to accept it as reality yeah so then i, I think that's where you get a lot of the uh suppressed stuff absolutely and uh because when i i remember when i was going through it i described it as like imagine like you're standing in a river right and then like your problems and your thoughts are like these boxes that are floating down the river and you see this huge big box and you're like oh god this is gonna be a big ass fucking problem what the hell and you open it up and then it's not that bad and you're like oh fuck that's all right but then you see like a little like ring box floating down you're like ah look at this dicky thing like oh my god there's something intense in here yeah this is really fucking me up yeah it's it yeah i definitely i like that metaphor see i don't drink because i'm trying to escape anything i drink because i'm fucking bored and i why yeah why do i smoke so much weed because the world is a boring lackluster place it's not fun and i just have much more fun when i'm high yeah that's pretty much it like you know what babysitting it's okay Babysitting when you're high is fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to a park. I'm going to walk around with you, and we're going to play on the playground. I'm going to follow you around. I hang out with a two-year-old, and he is so entertaining when I'm high on weed. <laughs> now, I would I would never show up drunk to a nanny gig, but I, I'm, I'm always high. And... And and then someone might say, "Oh, well, you have a problem with marijuana?" No, no I think don't. I think marijuana is the motherfucking solution. It is a solution. I don't believe in that. Ah, come on now, you can. I run when I'm stoned. I Absolutely. clean when I'm stoned. I work when I'm stoned, and I can handle it because I know I know how my body functions. I know my body. I think a lot of people don't know their body. That's the problem, sure. and they're so used to people preaching to them about, well, this is what that does, and they say okay, and they run with it rather than like, well, let me see how my body will perform with this, and I'll make my own decision. You're. People are robots. They're used to everyone making decisions for them. Right. And that's the yeah. problem. And when it comes to alcohol, I was raised Catholic. Catholics drink. So, I mean, I, I was drinking when I was a kid. So, I mean, it was nothing to me in high school when people were getting drunk. I wasn't getting drunk. I was getting high <laughs> and taking ecstasy. I had surpassed that already. And now I notice I do drink a lot more, but it's not... Maybe You're a bartender. I'm a bartender. And I did I just admitted that I was depressed and I took advantage. And I the thing is I'm not in denial about that. And I knew I'm like, let me get out of this hole. You know, yeah. I it's those it's just those things where it's just like, I'm not gonna let this take you know, take control. You know, I'm not gonna use this as a clutch. I'm I was I was sad for a couple weeks. Get the fuck over it. Keep going. Go for a run. Shit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, it is it is like Pam says because now, like, because uh, I've completely eliminated drinking, and then uh, with marijuana, it's like I'm probably at like three or four percent of where I was to where like, like yesterday I didn't really smoke till like later on in the evening to when because I because it does fuck with my sleep. That's the biggest change so far with the pot is not smoking. Like it's hard to go to sleep, but. I've, I've hit that point now to where it's like everything feels really fucking boring. Nothing. Like, my favorite thing to do would be to, you know, smoke a joint and then go lay in the bed and watch Cosmos and fall asleep. Like, that was my absolute favorite thing. But you lose that thing. So then, it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, so things are becoming kind of boring. Well, I need to make them more exciting then. You know, I need to just throw myself into something silly because I was into Christmas music and all kinds of shit. And uh, so th that's why, like, with this date thing that I'm going on, 
Uh, we're me and this chick. We're gonna go to Point Reyes, oh, nice. and then we're gonna walk around. But then I decided to make this game for like while we're walking around of just like goofy shit because she's also a comic. So that's, uh, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, to I told him, I told my boyfriend Jonathan last night. I'm like, can you just can you see what he's doing here? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I was like, that's you, game. It's game. Well, he never my my boyfriend. I, as this girl who he's going on a date with, she's never really dated. But I never dated either. I've never, no one ever dated me. Like when I was in college, I went to frat parties and I met a guy who I, who liked me. And then we ended up getting married. We never went on dates. We didn't, no one's trying to woo me. There's no wooing. No one yeah. woos anymore. It's the, the only woo, yeah. the, the only, the woo that you get is like, woo, come over here. Or woo, I just swiped right on your face. There's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no more like wooing. It's like. Or the wooing is basic. Like, I'll take you to dinner. I yeah, don't yeah, like that. Yeah. No, one, yeah. no one ever even oh. takes me to dinner. No one ever did that because, and so all that, I missed all that awkward dating stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a job. That's what my that's what my good friend Katie says it's is that job. she was dating for a while. She dated all last summer on the OK Cupid, and she's like, it's a full time job. It is, it's and like, she started drinking a lot more because what else do you do? You don't want to go out to coffee with a dude. That's dumb. No, there are a lot of people that do coffee dates. I'm like, fuck that. Let's drink. I'm like, yeah. I've, I've never been. I've never when I was dating, and I kind of miss it. I like the fact that you just put all your cards on the table, and sometimes when you're drinking, that real person comes out. Right. You know, when you're having coffee and tea together and you're having the daytime date, you know, you're trying to put on, the, you're, you're staging each other. You're like actors. Yeah. You're, you're actors. We're acting right now. What do you do? No, what do you do? That's why you no. gotta be drunk for that shit. Fuck that. Let's have some wine, yeah. some weed, talk, and, you know, get shit space and see what happens. You might get lucky. I don't know. I've just, uh, I've always been that kind of girl. I don't see, care. See, that's what I like about... Being a comic and having this happen with another comic is because when you're a comic, there's always like a little bit of awkwardness in your life because yeah. you're crazy enough to think that you can walk up to a room full of strangers and make them just have a good time for seven minutes or five minutes. So it's like with that, it's like, all right, let me let me push something out there that's kind of weird where like a regular civilian would be like, oh my God, can <laughs> I believe that you said that? And blah, blah. <laughs> Whereas with the comic, it's like, I accept your challenge yeah. and I will... You know, return to that. That that makes it fun. Yeah. You know. Fun. Fun without drinking. I didn't think it was possible. Uh, you guys can have fun without drinking if you drink Alta California Botanicals, <laughs> the best tink in the biz. If you don't know what tincture is, go to your local dispensary and ask for it by name, Alta California Botanicals. Six different methods to help you be well. Laughter is the second best medicine. Alta California Botanicals is the first. Uh, they're also one of the sponsors of the... 2016 Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival that's going to be here at the station. 25 shows in five days, March 2nd through 6th. It's going to be awesome. You can buy your tickets right now on universe.com. And if you buy a day pass and you tweet us or Google Plus us, you get a 5% discount. But not if you buy individual tickets, only if you buy the day pass. So you got to... But the day pass means you could go to all five shows for a mere $35. And if you do all the extra tweeting and twatting, then it's only $30. You get to see five hours of amazing comedy uh, from 24 international and national comedians and 20 in-town comedians. It's going to be a really good time. So, and they probably and, will be drinking. And, and one of the good things uh, about Alta California, too, is they're one of the few tinkatures that actually have a uh, sticker on there that gives you a breakdown of how much of each cannabinoid is in each 
batch so you can get a more approximate idea of what you're ingesting, what you're taking in. And it's not just about, th like if you want to get THC and you want to get high, you, you have that option. But then there's other cannabinoids and acids from the plants that are kind of utilized for you to help you with specific things. So like one thing, like even though I'm sober now, uh, and I'm not sober, just, you know, enjoying my health, uh, <laughs> I, I still will uh, use the anxiety relief, uh, which is uh, mainly CBD. There's trace amounts of other cannabinoids in it, but it's focused more on just the CBD which is what you're hearing a lot of in the news with the uh, the medical people and solving seizures and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, seizures, kids with uh, epilepsy, and um, they've, their lives have been changed by taking a combination of cannabinoids, but specifically uh, CBD is one of them. But in combination with like THCA for pain and all these other things, it's really quite amazing stuff. Science. Yeah. Science. And if you Science. have questions, if you're, if you're trying to cure something specific, or if you really want to remedy, like uh, you know, something within you, you can always give us a buzz on the the hotline bling, yeah. and uh, you know, if we don't have that information directly for you, we can definitely get it for you for what would be best for you to take. And there's uh, some new ones coming out on the horizons to aid with insomnia and other and things too. And CBD, CBDA is the new thing. So THCA is the acids of THC, and if you heat it up, it becomes THC. It's like when the plant is growing, it's the part of the plant that's like, hey, grow, grow, grow. And it's the acids of the plant. And it's a massive anti-inflammatory. It's really good for you. It deals with pain. But if you heat it up, it turns into THC. Nightmare juice. Uh, but now there's CBDA. So it's the acids of the plant before it flowers when it's specifically a CBD strain. And this stuff is supposedly off the charts. They're bringing it in to us today. I believe we're going to be guinea pigging it. And you'll love this. It works for weight loss. That's the one that I remember you were CBDA. Yeah. Yeah. Just this one of the guys who works the, up there at the farm uh, and with the Alta California Botanicals, he said he's like lost 40 pounds and he's attributing it to the CBDA. Wow. And I was like, dude, Al, if you've got a weight loss cannabinoid, you can make a million dollars. Like it's yeah, going to make yeah. more than one that, million yeah. dollars. And that's why I always tell people like it's, it's not uh, like if you want to get high, you can get high, but... You know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend anybody who's never smoked pot or drank to do so. But at the same time, if you want, I would never tell anybody to go pharmaceutical routes or things like that. So it's right. like if you're looking for the holistic approach to, uh, you know, a better wellness and a better being, I think this is a great place to start. You got to yeah. do a little bit of experimenting because it's still, you know, on the, the cusp of science and coming out of what things can and can't do. And it does react differently for different people, you know, like with the, right. the THC, the euphoria. I hate that shit. I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even like looking at the bottle. But Pam loves it. I love, a lot it. Of I love, love it. it. Yeah, I love it. So I mean, it fuck depends. that, dude. That is a panic attack in a bottle. <laughs> it's, and you experience that, so that's why oh, it's just dude, like, yeah. It took me to the fucking nether realms, and I never want to go back there. <laughs> Alta California Botanicals, bringing you to the nether realms. Uh, so they're, they're one of the sponsors of the festival, but another sponsor is PBR, which is very exciting. Yeah, I got a Paps um, hat. A Paps hat. hat. Yeah. Still we're supporting it. Support, nice. support PBR. Uh, also, Asiento up the street from us, they are going to be, if you say that you're coming from the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival anytime during the festival, they're going to give you happy hour prices all night. Oh, wow. So that's exciting. Um, there's special party on... Um, Thursday the 4th at the Eagle SF. They're one of our sponsors, and they're going to be hooking us up. Um, also, Subliminal SF is doing all of our artwork, uh, auditory and visual mind control. And then Brainwash is another one of our sponsors, and they're having a special show on Saturday the 5th, which 
Supposedly he's gonna have free beer at it. He's getting another sponsor for that too, so it should be exciting. And I'm I'm trying to work it out to see if it's possible. I still have to look at my schedule and uh, film shooting because I'm shooting Pete's uh, feature-length film during this time. Ooh. But uh, I might be able to uh, uh, transport people back and forth from places or to home with the van wow. uh, as an added luxury. So instead of buying an Uber or something, it might be like two bucks or something per person to anywhere in SF. So nice. It's gonna yes. be a whole shindig. Get a shovel. A whole... We're digging. We're digging. <laughs> it's hopefully everything works out and it's gonna be a good time. It will. So go get go get your tickets and support us here at Mutiny Radio. So you guys are listening to the AltaCast right now. I am joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Win. Uh, guest Steve Poggi. I'm Pam Benjamin. We're gonna listen to a little uh, Amy Winehouse and then we'll be right back. <laughs> I mean, why not play yeah. some rehab, right? Right. right. Yeah. And we'll yeah. come back with some more sobriety stories. I, I don't have any like personal ones, but I know people <laughs> who've tried it unsuccessfully. <laughs> All right. Enjoy some Amy Winehouse. She's dead. Oh, you know, it's really sad. I tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back.
no rehab. Not for our friend Amy, but she's dead now. Yeah, she. I think she probably should have went for. <laughs> well, and that's what I learned. Um, one of the girls that I nanny for, who is just a doll, um, she was listening to the song Rehab, and her mom, she's I think nine now or ten, and her mom said, "Do you know what that song's about?" And she was like, "Yeah, um, she was doing too many drugs, and they wanted to put her in a place." And she said, "No," and I'm like. Wow. wow, you know at that age. And then I said, oh, well, you know, but Amy Winehouse, she was doing all these drugs. And that's when the mom told me, she's like, she died of alcoholism. And I'm like, no, nah. she's like, she died of a heart attack because she was consuming so much alcohol. I didn't think that that was, a, I didn't think that was a possible thing. Oh yeah, alcohol can kill you. I mean, we've said this so many times before about things in moderation, right? you know, and that's, that's what it, I mean, she took it to the next level. That's what happened, you know. And it's unfortunate. It really is, because you hear about people ODing on, like, you know, drug, like heroin and stuff. But alcohol is actually one of the scariest yeah. things to Absolutely. get. It's hard to get off of. It's really hard. It's like, the only thing you can die from withdrawal. With everything else, you'll feel like you're going to die. But alcohol is the only thing with, with withdrawal yeah, can actually, actually die. die. Yeah. So I, um, I drank a lot in college. I was um, I hung out with uh, my then boyfriend who became my husband. He was the president of his fraternity. It was a white fraternity, he was black, didn't matter. <laughs> I am a girl and I hung out with him all the time. And I drank, I mean, I was drinking like, I don't know, I'm gonna guess. Cause I would shotgun beers. I'm gonna say I was drinking about 18 beers a night, like 18 Natty Lights. Damn. And at the time I was in college and I was a dance minor and I was, pushing 150 pounds I was about 148 or whatever but I was working out all all the time and I couldn't figure it out and I was like why why am I why am I so big right now when I work out so much and it's just that the calorie intake alone of the 18 beers a night I was drinking and these were like natty lights so it wasn't like you know now I have four IPAs and I'm tossed because it's higher alcohol and it's I don't even know how many calories are in that but I Okay, so I was hanging out with all these guys. I was, I was really good at shotgunning beers, and it was like a game, like, oh, pink and shotgun a beer. This is so funny. And then beer bonging, all of that. I was very, very good at it. I excel, I excel at drinking. I'm very good at it. Uh, but when we started getting older, we were out of college. I was still friends with the same guys who were in that fraternity because my husband moved on. He kept the same friends, and they did football. They all got season tickets for the Chargers together, and they were doing all this. And there's one friend who was like, he used to be so much fun in the life of the party. And just a really nice guy. And then there was this woman that he met and he decided to marry her. And I told him, I wrote him a letter. I was like, don't marry this lady. She's, your life is gonna be ruined. And he was like, no, I think I love her. I think this is it, this is it, this is the one. And then like shortly after the wedding, they had their first kid. And then they ended up having two kids after that. And he hit his alcoholism so well he was drinking, he finally got in trouble for it because he was drinking out of a water bottle at work and it was vodka oh, and he was like bouncing down. He, he, he wanted to be a dentist, he ended up selling insurance. So he married this woman who was like not nice. He had a bunch of kids that he, I'm sure he loves his kids now, but, and he was living this life selling insurance that was just making him so unhappy that he was constantly drinking vodka. He had one in the car, he had one under his bed, he had one at work in the drawer and so when everybody finally found out and he's like hey I'm an alcoholic we were like nah 
And he was like in that withdrawal thing, like where he'd wake up in the middle of the night and he had to have that bottle of vodka under the bed because he'd start seizuring. But the thing that brought him there was that he was so depressed because his life was so not what he wanted it to be. And like, is that like where so much of our drinking stems from? Is like, yes. I just, it, I'm not happy. But see, it's different for me. For me, you did, it's different for you because you're social. I'm, I, I, this I, is yeah. what, you, what you're doing because the majority of your days are spent with working at the station, doing your comedy. And it's 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 mostly social. It's not because like you know I I went to a Christian school and I'm mad so I'm going to keep drinking or I don't you know I don't get along with my parents so I'm going to drink. No, it's because the fact of the matter is what you're doing you the environment that you're in is social, yeah. and so that's. I mean, that's that's part of what it is. You know, just like how I bartend, that's part of what it is. You know, so it. But what you're talking about with your friend, that is one of the biggest things that a lot of people go through, but they're in denial because again, like I was talking about, like how people are, you know, he conformed, right? That's the problem. The people who try to conform, you know, go to college, get married, have kids, sell insurance, sell insurance, buy a house, buy a house. I mean, there's so many unhappy stories of like that conformity. Get a, get a GMC suburban thing. Yeah, exactly. Those people are (laughs) that suburban life. A lot of those people are miserable. That's why they pop pills and they drink and they hide it really well. Absolutely. until, Until the point where you can't hide it anymore. Right. Because they conformed and they're now miserable. And I'm not saying that's their fault or anything else. I think it's society that says, well, this is what you're supposed to do in order to be successful. And you, you're you a robot, so do it. And they do it, and look what happens. And then they're not happy, and then they have to break outside the See? box. Speaking of not happy, so Amy Winehouse's death was listed as a coroner by death of misadventure, uh, and her blood alcohol content was 0.416. When I blew, after my car got flipped uh, three times and they dug me out and they gave me a breathalyzer, I was at .153. And that was four hours after my last drink. Yeah, like she, they said that uh, the unintended consequences of such a potentially fatal levels was her sudden death. It's a heart attack from death of misadventures. Your body just goes... There's so much booze in here, we're just shutting down. We're yeah, we can't target, breathe anymore. Fuck you, get out. <laughs> I, I had a friend who died in San Diego because he was drinking with um, Vicodin. He had taken like 12 oh. Vicodin and he was drinking whiskey. He had like 12 shots of whiskey and 12 Vicodin and he died. He had a, his body forgot how to breathe. It just was like, okay, bye. Oh yeah. my God. There, there's, there's been a ton of stories like that. I know one guy who... Uh, drinking and took pills and he was so sedated that he like rolled over like face down on the couch and like he ended up smothering himself <gasps> so fucked up that he couldn't get Whoa. out of yeah. Jesus. So yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot to fucking lose with this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially it's like, one thing, like you said, if you're drinking to have fun, hang out with people or if you're drinking you know, because you have a water bottle full of vodka at your insurance office. Yeah. Or because you have to dress up like Chuck E. Cheese and be around the kids. <laughs> well, that would kind of be a fun job. The drunk mouse is back. And, <laughs> the dead mouse. Um, the worst consequences that I, like, have from getting too drunk, and, and it only happens when I don't eat dinner, 
and then I get too drunk, and then I, I don't even throw up anymore. But the, the biggest one, and Poji said this never happens to him. I, we were in the car the other day, and you're like, I can't believe someone does that. I've peed in strange places before. Uh, I've peed in plants, in hotel rooms, thinking that it was the bathroom. I've been woken up by people in a hotel room saying, that's not the bathroom, Pam. Peeing in a plant, that's happened to me. Uh, I've, I've peed in the bed. You know, that happens sometimes. Uh, but what I usually do now, Blackout Pam is smarter than, smarter than she thinks. Uh, so what happens now is if I come home and I know I'm so drunk, and I'll even sometimes pee first, but if I sleep on the floor, on the carpet, with like my hair, head's kind of buried in my hands, I tell Jonathan, my boyfriend, don't, don't move me. Don't pick me up. Don't take my pants off. Those are a sponge to wick up the urine, <laughs> you see. Don't think you're not helping by taking off my pants, okay? Because Blackout Pam is smarter than you. And she knows that she's probably going to pee. Don't put me in bed. Don't do that. No pee bed. No, don't do it. Don't want to have to because I've woken up. I woke up once and I think I, I don't know if it was Jonathan or drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. And I looked at him and I'm like, who just peed in the bed? <laughs> Did you just do that? They're like, okay, fam, that was totally you. And then I'm like, ah! And I'm trying to like deal with all the sheets and wash them in the, <laughs> wash them in the tub, get all the hot water going. And then I'm like, then I'm like, then I'm awake. I'm like, fuck. Right. Oh, but no. so, if I'm ever, if you ever come across me in my house, on the floor sleeping, don't touch her. Don't touch. It's just leave me. Go sleep in my bed because there's not going to be any pee in it. It's going to be way better. Like this is. It's, this would be a good reason why to wear depends. And here's here's a ridiculous thing. I have a lot of baby diapers in my house, and um, so I use them more for like if I'm having my period and I don't want to. I don't like sticking things in me when I'm sleeping. I don't. It's just weird. I can't deal with it. Unless it's your boyfriend. Not relatable. Not really. But if you, I'll, I'll put the baby. I'll put the. I'll put the diaper down and I'll kind of sleep on the diaper so that I bleed on the diaper and then in the morning just kind of wipe it up. Um, but I should I should do that if that ever happens again. And I wonder really the absorbency of a diaper. If is it enough to get all? I mean, because I peed in the cat box before and I really decimated an entire. Like <laughs> it's more pee than you think it is. Like yeah. the cat pee is little pee. I wasted a lot of litter, clumping <laughs> litter by peeing in the cat box. Mistake. I think it, I, I've worn a pen before, so I think you're fine. <laughs> I played a lot of role-playing computer games in the basement, which didn't have the bathroom at the time, so I peed in a lot of empty milk jugs and uh, various things. Dude, I'm a big fan of the piss jug. As a tell, delivery the story, tell the story about um, why you couldn't can't play couldn't play football anymore in high school. In the oh, uh, yeah, so I was a, a good sophomore story. in high school, and uh, I, I was a troublemaker. And uh, I was in my art class, and the, like, the way it was set up for finals was you would have, like, uh, I believe it was two classes a day, so they were half days, but each class was two hours long. So you'd go to one two-hour class, 20-minute break, two-hour class. And I was playing football, and uh, I was in poor shape for a class, but she was like, look, Steve, <clears throat> she's like, I know you like football, you might not be into painting and sculpting, and that's fine. So what I need you to do is you're going to come in on the final, you're going to help me clean this room. You're not going to leave. You're not going to be created a disturbance. I'll give you a seat. And you can pass and you can play football. I'm like, all right, great. So, again, 
water bottle full of vodka. Oh, wow. Uh, I brought that in, and after my first one, I'm like, I don't have anything to do for two hours. Fuck it. I was bored right before I even got there. So I pounded this bottle of vodka in 20 minutes with this juice. Like, because we had a juice machine. That was when, like, they first started doing, like, the we need healthy alternatives. Fruitopia? Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, I get the juice and I, I fucking slam this water bottle down and I'm feeling fucking great. I get to art class and I'm cleaning and singing and having a good old time. And uh, sure enough, I've got to pee. So I'm like, I'm, her name was Miss Braun. I'm like, Miss Braun, I, I've got, I got to go use the bathroom. I'll be right back. She was like, no, you are not leaving this classroom. You're not leaving my site. You're staying in here for the whole two hours. I was like, no, I really have to pee. And she's like, it's too bad. I'm not, I'm not getting out. So we had this little drying room with a sliding door, and I have these empty water bottles. <laughs> so I get a, a, this knucklehead who I knew, and I have him watch the door, and I go in there and I start peeing into this bottle. But again, when you're drunk, you pee way more than you really anticipate, because alcohol is also a diuretic. So I'm like filling up this water bottle. Next thing I know, I hear the door to the drying room slide open, and then I hear the teacher start screaming, He's playing with himself. He's playing with himself. Call security. No. He's playing with himself. And I come out of there. Like, I don't even get to tuck my dick back into my pants. I just got to zip him up, pinch it off. And I'm like, what's going on, everybody? I ain't doing shit. Oh, and I hand the bottle of pee off to the guy who's supposed to watch the door who failed. And he throws it in. Back his... to the pee. This is where the pee comes in. He throws it into the backpack, but uh, I didn't tighten the cap on the bottle. Oh, God, no. So he got pee all over oh, his God. backpack and all over his stuff. Oh, Enjoy that, yeah. Richard Rains. And uh, he got pissed so off. <laughs> then she calls up the security. She's like, I need someone to come up here. Uh, I got a student in the class who's masturbating. And so oh. the security comes up on their little golf carts. And of course, I know all the security officers because I've been troubled nonstop. And so the guy's like, his name was Joe. And he was so cool. He was like, dude, you were jerking off in the class. And I was like, no, nah, man, it was really hot. I was just adjusting myself. My boxes were all wedged up. She wouldn't let me use the bathroom. And he's like. Oh, you smell like vodka. I was like, I've got a pack of gum. He was like, all right. So I put every piece from that pack of gum. It was like one of those big extra trident things. <laughs> and I've got this fishing lure full of gum in my mouth. And I'm in there, and I'm talking to the principal. And he's like, dude, like this is like 45 minutes till the end of the school year. What the fuck? And I'm like, man, it was hot. You know, my shit was all bunched up. And wouldn't let me go to the bathroom. And I said, fuck it. I'll go in the laundry room and just you know, straighten my shit out. And uh, so then this cop had to come in and like oh investigate me for like some sort of like sexual crime in a public school campus kind of what? thing. And uh, he's like, he's like, you know, ask me all this stuff. Like, you know, do you do you have urges to masturbate frequently? <laughs> and all this stuff. And then finally, I was just like, I was like, officer, look, man. I was like, I just got really fucking drunk. And then I had to pee. And then she wouldn't let me out of the classroom. So I tried to pee in this bottle, and she fucking busted me and caught me and said I was jerking off. And he was like, oh, all right, fine. And then he goes back and he's like, no, he's, he's, the kid wasn't masturbating. He's like, we're more than 100% confident in that. He just had to adjust himself or whatever. But since I got kicked out of that classroom, she failed me for that class. Oh. And then I became ineligible for the junior year football season. Tutored in like varsity. Yeah, so then I, uh, I practiced the whole year through the team. And then finally, like after the first quarter when grades get like semi-reported, I was eligible again. So I'm practicing all week leading up, and it turned out to be like our homecoming game. And I'm finally back on the field. I'm finally starting. The game's Friday night. 
Wednesday, my grandmother dies. I have to fly out to Missouri. And then the godmother who I was living with at the time calls up and goes, I can't handle living with a teenager. He's not coming back. And I never got to play. Oh, my God. Again, but I practiced every single day. And I still have my football helmet because all my gear was with my buddy. And they kind of hawked over my shoulder pads and everything else like that. But he saved the helmet for me. So I Aww. That's so bittersweet. And I never played again. And, I didn't want to play with other people. And why is Steve Poggi going through sobriety? Yes. <laughs> it seems that this has been, I mean, I know you're 30 now, so that was half your life ago. 31, February 25th, 32. We're getting old. You're, oh, oh, sure you are. Yeah. Aging yeah. graceful. Yep, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's a, it's, it's a thing. I didn't start drinking till I was like, I mean, I drank because my parents always drank, but it would be like a sip of dad's beer or they'd be like, would you like to have a glass of wine at Christmas? And I was so Christian that I didn't, I didn't do it. There was, there was a Christmas party I went to at the Orvix house and I drank eggnog, which I love eggnog. If you've been listening to other shows, you'll know that I love the fuck out of eggnog. <laughs> and so I would hang out at this one house and they would like be cool with drinking. And I never really got like super wasted, but I was like, I had a couple cup of, cups of eggnog, you know? Right. But I didn't really drink in high school. And then I got to college and I was like, I found my thing. College turns you up. I think I found it. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do lots and lots of acid and smoke tons of weed. And I love drinking and smoking. And I'm good at it. <laughs> uh, I'm fun. I'm way more fun. Like, I went from being like super stick in the mud prissy pants to being like, I am fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, you, you know, there was that one almost rape. But other than that, <laughs> it was really. Almost. They didn't well, I didn't get raped. Because the I was the thing is that I've I'm I've always been like I hung out I hang out with dudes like right. I'm the girl that hangs out with dudes it's just been the way it is and comedy makes a lot of sense for me because it's all dudes and I just hang out with them and I've always been that way I've always just wanted to hang out with the guys like that's kind of what I do or what I enjoy doing and I seem to be able to relate to them and deal with it frack guys and I think I don't usually have girlfriends you know I have like a couple close girlfriends but mostly I hang out with dudes uh, so ooh I'm high now by the way so. <laughs> That, that shit is hitting me. The CBD and the THC are being is synergistic. Roaring up out of you. They're synergistic. But oh, so this is this is the rape story. So I was really good friends with all like the guys. We'd hang out, and we all went down to Rosarito to stay for spring break. And it was the girls, and we were staying in this one place. And then there were the guys, and they were staying like next door. And we were all having a lot of fun. And I was like, I was hanging out with just a lot of dudes, and some of them were really cool. And well, and one of them wasn't, and so I was wasted, like tequila wasted, like in oh, Rosarito, Mexico, wasted. And this one sleazy frat guy brought me upstairs, and he was trying to get my clothes off, and I was out. And like um, this guy, his last name was McCune, and they owned, they actually owned a bunch of um, car. They sell cars in San Diego, oh, so like the McCune family. He came upstairs, and he saved me. He was like what the fuck are you going to do to Pam? And I think he hit the guy. And it was like a big thing. Like he carried me downstairs and took me to a different like house entirely and was like, you're safe here. You're staying here. Wow. And, um, and he saved me from a ra- which could have been a potential gang rape because I mean, it was a bunch of guys in a frat house all in Rosarito right. and there's right. drunk bitch upstairs. I mean, it could have wow. been, it could have been really bad, but one of the guys wasn't a dick and isn't that so nice 
Wow. Just takes that, one. It just takes one. Because that could have altered your whole experience, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, definitely. It would have been, that would have been a pretty awful thing to go through in college. Yeah, well, especially if they were drunk and they were like, all right, guys, she knows we got to kill her. All right, that's, <laughs> our lives are at stake here. Oh, my God. I don't think, I think that they, I don't know. That's what you do with drunk girls, isn't it? In fraternities, you find them and then they're wasted and then you all have sex with them. That's what happens, right, in fraternities. Yeah. I, I mean, I just... <laughs> I, I never went. I skipped that institution. I uh, I stopped going to frat parties my senior year in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew better. I'm like, because after just seeing what was going on, and I'm just like, I'm like, this is this is some bullshit. This is some rapey stuff I've seen on Lifetime rapey before. Rapey stuff. A lot of hormones yeah, getting mixed in with Yeah, and it's just like, and the and thing is, and then we're high school girls on top of that, so that's even like, oh, uh, yeah, like you're definitely prey. That's and strawberries in the fruit salad yeah. right there. <laughs> It, you know, I, I've never, I, I've always been afraid of frat parties after having seen what was going on. And look, I went to art school, so we didn't have fraternities. Right. But well, we went, I went to UCSD, so they were all smart guys. So that's the thing is, I was like, oh, smart guys, they must all not be rapists. I, I don't trust. But them. I think it, it goes across uh, all, and 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 it, you, just because you're going to college doesn't mean you're intelligent. Although, UC San Diego was kind of like a. Smarty pants. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, like, like house parties where a chick will hook up with a dude, and then, like, the uh, the the beta males, the, the, like, lesser dudes, think that, like, oh, well, since she fucked him, she'll definitely fuck me oh, then, because I'm better than him. And, like, I've seen a lot of that kind of shit, like, people getting beat up for that kind of stuff and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I had the... the so when I was in high school, I was convinced that alcohol was kind of bullshit and the people that blacked out were all full of shit <laughs> because uh, they were just being who they wanted to be or saying what they wanted to say. Because when you're in high school, you just get drunk and, you know, I don't even like Becky. She's a bitch. Like, shit like that. <laughs> but uh, when I turned 21, that was my first blackout time. And I hooked up with this chick, like woke up at her place and like had no idea where the fuck I was. No, it was my 21st birthday. Fucking was insanely hungover. And worst of all, like we had fucked around hardcore to the point where that flap of skin that holds onto your tongue, Ouch. it was cut in from me trying to extend my tongue further than it was capable of going. <laughs> that was a rough one. <laughs> well, at least you. <laughs> Sobriety. Yeah. yeah, I had her drop me off <laughs> at the gas station. Had me drop her off at a gas station. I went into the gas station. I bought a tall can, cracked it open right outside. Didn't know you that was illegal to do, and just <laughs> drank it. So my buddy Ronnie came and picked me up. There's, Happy twenty-one, dude. Nice. This, this is why they should lower the drinking age. I think to eighteen. Well, yeah. I really. Do. I'm sorry if you're able to go to war and kill people. You should be able to drink. Absolutely. Because well, that's going to fuck you up, so yeah. why not fuck yourself up? <laughs> exactly. Well, and the thing is that hopefully with uh, the future that's happening, people will be more apt to use marijuana as, as an introductory sort of drug as opposed to, like, it's a gateway drug. Well, alcohol's a gateway drug. Alcohol, Any, anything yes. is Prozac is a gateway drug. Fucking... Yeah. All of it's a gateway drug, and Oxidine. vitamins. Vitamins are a gateway drug. Are you fucking kidding me? Getting people used to the concept of taking something besides like a food substance. Like we've made this pill for you. Yeah. Here, kids, take your vitamins. Here, kids, take exactly. your vitamins. That's just totally a way of like an, an inoculating them against the fear of taking drugs. Conform. I won't even take aspirin anymore. Conform. I used to take. I used. I will take ibuprofen if I'm in a lot of pain. 
But other than that, like, man, I'm going to smoke weed. I try to avoid taking ibuprofen or anything, you know, unless, you know, if, like, I'm, if I'm really cramping and I'm in a fetal position and I, I'm like, I can't take this, I'll take some ibuprofen. But, I mean, to me, a lot of pills, like I say, they're... <laughs> they're a way to control they're mind yeah. control to me sure, sure. and i honestly though i'm a bartender i do feel that out of everything drug wise i think alcohol is like one of the worst yeah it is one of the worst it, but it's so you don't okay black out. you don't it's black so out okay. on marijuana yeah i've never smoked so much weed that i'm like I don't remember anything that happened. That, right. That well, unless it's really happen. boring. Then you're, you're like, what happened? I don't remember. Any- oh, yeah, I just talked to Mike about, you know, Walgreens. <laughs> I mean, exactly. you still people, you still have people it's in society. not a blackout. Yeah, there's a black you out. Well, you still have people in society that talk about marijuana like it's so evil. But they will drink like a 12-pack. Yeah. And I'm just really like, you, you make no sense. You make no sense. How dare you talk about marijuana that way? Yeah. Here, and I'm gonna give, and I'm gonna give them some Alta California botanicals. It's uh, we're at the we're at the top of the hour, so we're gonna do tell you guys that you're listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Thanks for listening, downloading this podcast, or if you're listening live, you guys aren't. I told you to call in if you have your own sobriety <laughs> failed or. Uh, successful attempts. Call in anonymously and just get something off your chest. Were you like an asshole sometime? Yeah. Fucking, you're talking you to like the to gang assholes. We get you. We get you right. Four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Call us from work, Ruby Gill. Yeah, call us. Talking to you. Let us know how yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, the other thing I think about too is like, before. like with with like the drugs that really fuck you up, like alcohol or cocaine. Once you start doing the drug, you want to do more, more of the drug, like. Yeah. There's been plenty of times where I've smoked pot and then I've just been like, Ugh, I'm good, man. I'm just gonna fucking sit here <laughs> yeah. for a while. Like I don't, I don't want any more. But like when you're on acid, usually you're not like, I want more acid. Now. <laughs> you know? Exactly right. When you're on acid, you're like, Oh my god, I want to just survive this. And get this wolf to stop singing Christmas carols. Ah, oh, fuck. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> but if you're on cocaine, you don't oh, you, stop. You doing. do not want to stop that party. Oh, I hate cocaine so much. It turns me into the. I did cocaine for a little bit, and I stopped, not because it was cost prohibitive, and not because it wasn't ubiquitous, and not because it was damaging my life in any way, other than I became an intolerable asshole when I was on it. Like I already sort of have a healthy ego and self-esteem and have an ability to talk about myself that surpasses normal human beings but on cocaine i think that i'm a fucking genius that every word syllable sound that drips from my honeyed lips is true from the gods to you lucky you and then you get to hear it oh and i know everything about everything it is the egotistical drug i actually like it oh it makes me such I, I feel like such an asshole the next morning that I don't ever want to do that again because it is, I must be intolerable for other people. I, I, I usually like when I'm on it, I just usually speed talk or dance. Uh, but I always get ideas. Like, I'm like, hey, you should start selling your paintings in Paris. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. Like, when, it's just like, and now you have this idea of like selling something and, and doing it and like, we can do it. And yeah, yeah, let's do it. Another snort. And then, yeah. And so like, and it's just like, and it's just like, I love this song. Let's dance. That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I'm going to ask you if you're my mom. And you're going to say yes, uh, you're my mom. Sean Rouse, who will be coming to San Francisco to perform comedy when Dave Attell is here, whenever Dave is going to be here, he uh, he has some great jokes where he's, 
uh, he's talking about crank. He's like, you ever oh, tried crank before? Yeah. That shit makes you a crackhead immediately. <laughs> he's like, you do one line of crank, you come up with all these weird business ideas. Like, let's get a puppy and sell it for a profit. Like, nobody wants to buy it. He's like, well, we'll get a puppy, then we'll shave him. Then we'll sell him for a profit. And uh, his other one was like, he's like, I don't know what to tell these kids. And I'm not, I'm not doing Sean Rouse's jokes justice here, so Google search him, but he's like, I, I have to tell these kids, you know, like if you're going to be drinking and driving, you got to get cocaine. To stay in the <laughs> He's like, is nobody telling the children how to do this correctly? Keep them alert. Yeah, I, I, um, but I did a lot of cocaine in, when I was lived in San Diego and I was going back and forth from L.A. a lot. And if you're in LA traffic and it's nighttime and you're not on cocaine, you're the only one, okay? (laughs) Everyone else is on it. I was too. One more Sean Rouse joke. He's talking about a buddy of his smoking a joint that was dipped in formaldehyde. Oh, God, the PCP, the fake PCP. He he, he goes, I talked to the guy the next day, and he goes, the guy started freaking out. He said all these demons came to show up and uh, drag him off to hell and... After that, he was so scared that, uh, you know, he didn't do drugs anymore, and he just went to church, and he was like, what a horrible drug. I was like, could you imagine that? You wake up, and you're like, you know it's a bad drug when you do it, and then you wake up, and you're like, I have a belief system now. <laughs> That's so funny. That's how Salvia made me feel. Oh, I hate that Dude, shit. I, yeah, I felt like my bottom jaw shot through my skull. And I, the first time I smoked that shit, I was driving. <laughs> Oh I was driving. No way. You talked to the aliens while you were driving. I was driving. That's insane. And I had That's a, really uh, dangerous. I had this piece Ew. of metal that came off this thing that, like, you go fishing, you stick it into the ground, and then you hook the fish's lip and keep them in the water so they stay fresh or whatever until you're done. And I took the little ring out, and then I took a socket, and I duct taped that around. Then I like went to like a public bathroom and took a screen out of the sink and put that in there. And I packed it. So it was like a fat one hitter. Packed it full of salvia. I'm driving my 1987 Chevy Caprice Classic. I got the fiance. <laughs> my buddies are in there. And I take it and I hit it. And I hold it in and I blow it out. And like I was like, I can't. I got to pull. Oh, no. And then I was like, we got to pull, pull. And I like pulled in the target. I parked in like three spots. And then I got super pissed off at everyone. I'm like, we got to go to Target pretending we didn't do drugs. <laughs> and I'm like trying to walk in and I couldn't. I was like falling down. Dude, so that, the first time I did it, I we were watching Empire Strikes Back and they, they were jumping out of the screen. And so like I'm going around in circles in my living room like, Steve, what the fuck is this shit? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this to me? Oh, my God. Like. The creatures they're coming out of the tv it was really weird and then i lived on the third floor so i kept looking at the tv and then looking at the window and looking at the tv i'm like i should jump out of this window anytime that i'm so high and i'm talking about jumping out of the window yeah i'm not doing that shit anymore i wanted to literally jump out the do, window do, but you remember did you both remember the entire time like you were you you never got taken to the other place i remember like the do emotions you... and feel luckily i never did enough of that shit to like it was, the thing is, I wasn't there. I wasn't lucid. I got for whatever, I guess it was only like eight minutes or whatever. I wasn't there. It was like, I, and I knew where I was because I remember it all vividly, but it was in, with the space and the, and the tsunami string and the, and the Technicolor tsunami string on the ch- kids' playground and then telling me, come on, and people being sucked into the sky and like, I'm like, I'm not going. But <laughs> I guess that 
in real life, I sat on the top of the sofa and they were worried I was going to fall off and there was something, I, but I don't, I woke up sitting on the sofa and I was like, oh, and, and they were like, are you okay? I was like, I'm, I'm here now. You and, thought you went, ooh, you went well, to the other Well, I came back. They wanted to take me with them and I said, no. But the thing is that I was like in such, I, in such an outer body experience that I wasn't in the, I wasn't there. Wow. I, I'm telling you, it was like, it was this big playground and I climbed to the top of this, one of those old school ones with the triangles, you know, like the, when you were little and the triangles of, yeah. of and there was like a swing set over here and the, I remember the ground like, right, and I was sitting on top of it with somebody and I don't remember who it was, but they got sucked into the spaceship. Oh, it like this huge tsunami of like, it was like, there's this spaceship up there and they were pulling everything on strings and they were trying to get, and I was pushing against the wave of tsunami strings and, and, and they kept saying, hey, Pam, it's all a, con nothing you believe is real. It's all a construct. Come with us. Everything's cool. Just, just it. everything you believe is nothing. Come with us. We're going, we're going in the spaceship right now. You're coming with us. Right. And I was like, I am not going in your spaceship. It was wise for you not to go on that spaceship because you probably wouldn't want elsewhere. I, maybe that's the light. That is <laughs> no, no shit. Come I'm with like us. salvia, but everybody who's taken it, everyone else who's taken it has had, they knew where they were. Like they knew that they were themselves where they were. I knew that I was myself where I was, but I wasn't in that room. And I've never hallucinated like that so before. The biggest Whoa. hallucination I ever had was off the fucking nightmare juice. Oh, Because <laughs> it's like, you know, whenever you get drunk and you get like the spins? Yeah. I like at one point, like it was like being on like a merry-go-round that was going viciously and my out of body, like I felt like my soul was getting kicked out of my body and I was like getting pulled back and I could look down and see myself just sleeping there. Oh. And I had to like use all my strength to like force my soul back into my body and then I <laughs> So I don't know if it was like some intense weird dream that I was having while I was all fucked up. Dude, I tell you what, that stuff reacted very poorly with me. <laughs> I'll never do salvia again. I'll never no, do. That's I'll never do. I'll never do DMT. I'll never DMT. Do. I will like, in like a shamanistic type ritual, and like I will never do bath salts. Thing. I'll never do bath. I'll never do oh, bath salts ever again. Oh, again? You again? Did You've done you it. You did them once. You've yes. done it. Oh, you have to tell us about bath salts. Oh my god, it was terrible. Story. You have to. T I, that's it. Was <sighs> fucking t my okay, Steve again. The guy that gave me a salvia. Not me, by the way. No, not no. My <laughs> friends, different person. Different from Steve. Missouri. He's my boy, but he is a fucked up Korean. He 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 gave us basalts. He was. We were going to this Johnny Walker tasting. So it was like six of us. So we're like, Steve's like, hey guys, since we can't get any cocaine, I got some basalts, and we're like, basalts. What? what this is before the whole eat your face. I was gonna thing. say, geez. before the eat your face thing in Florida, and so basically. You know, six of us, so we all do the bath salts, we all snort, and it's like a hard, harsh, like, it's so harsh going up your nose. It's, it's painful. It's almost like, I don't know, I, I've never did meth, but I guess that's what meth would like feel like. Like a burning kind It's of? a burning sensation in your nose. Oof. And so we're we're on our way there, and we're just all, all six of us are just feeling funny, with the exception of that motherfucker, Steve. He's he didn't just take it? No, he did. Okay. He's just a fucking weirdo. <laughs> but... So we're at the tasting and one of the dudes, you know, he's talking about Johnny Walker and it's like in a big like place and all of us are looking at each other 
and we're just all like this and moving around. Like you can tell we were crack. Well, you guys can't see it obviously, but <laughs> right. we look crackish. They were in a they were on a dance. We team. were crackish they were on and a Twitch pop. And dance we were starting team. to sweat. Oh, and yeah. you know, we sweat were like Tyrone Biggums. Seriously, <laughs> like how did it feel? What was the like? The fi- it was so speedy, and you were agitated, speedy, and it was like you. We were pissed off. Really? We were was there any hallucinations? There was no, no. It's just, it's all speed. It's just so much speed, and and you you feel this ego, but you feel like a monster. Like I want to re- rip his face off. And, but like we're all mad at Steve because like it's like having bad drugs, basically. It was yeah. just, it's terrible. Yeah. It was fucking terrible. And then we decided to do more. Oh, <laughs> why? And, why? And after that, it just goes downhill. There was some arguing and uh, some like tears. It was like a wave of emotion, but weird, and agitated mo- emotion. Johnny Walker. I mean, drinking. And then whiskey. we were drinking scotch. I mean, yeah. everyone cries when they drink How scotch. Classy. I mean, that's just pretty. You know, you got people like nice, looking formal, and like we look crackish. Right. <laughs> you just twitching like, and sweating. Twitching and sweating. <laughs> yes. yes, I felt like a total. And then and it, I could not sleep. I was like, Ugh. just, it was terrible. And I was like, still agitated. And I started cleaning stuff. And I'm like, this is almost as bad as meth. Because that is what it is. It's synthetic meth, y'all. It's synthetic it's meth. Synthetic oh. meth. But I, Stop I, it. That and might be the older, the what new ones is? like meth and LSD combined. Like, that's where the face eaters come from. Yeah. I, this is, it, these are the things that they manufacture in China. And they're just like, one and it's legal. thing off. One and so little it's molecule. Legal. It's fucking one legal. That shit molecule is off. Weird. That sucks. It is. That it is like the worst calm, come down ever. But that's, I, what, But then people want to do it. The kids will do whatever. The kids are so bored. That's why meth is a problem in the mid in the Midwest, right? Because and like, here. and, and here. here, well, because kids get bored. Yeah. I mean, and there's they. There's a big meth problem like on the West Coast. But I Missouri, think there's a big meth problem everywhere, everywhere. man. Everywhere heroin I go, is, they're like, we're the king of meth. He- know, heroin is the East Coast, though. Yeah. Well, heroin. actually, heroin now is coming in more because. Uh, you see it more because with the pharmaceutical stuff so that they get some hooked. Right, the oxycontins. Yeah. Oxycontins. Yeah. Another thing I will not touch. I, I got a little hooked on those. Not bad, but like I actually had like an injury. And then I found that if I took more than the prescribed dosage, I felt great. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I got into those for a minute. And then I, I didn't realize it was a, like a problem until... A buddy of mine like broke his hand in the party and I was all excited like, dude, you're gonna get some pain pills. You should kick me one or two. And he's like crying, his bones sticking out of his hand. Oh I'm like, dude, it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna really? be good. This is awesome. Really? I can't believe you're so lucky, dude. Oh, you're yeah. thinking Sobriety. We're talking. Dude, that shit fucking tears you up. Sobriety is the condition of not having any measurable levels or effects from mood altering drugs. Yeah, see, so technically it's like I'm not riding sober because I still have CBD and. Sobriety is continued abstinence from psychoactive drug use. Sobriety is also considered to be the natural state of a human being. That's given at birth. Natural state. I haven't been in a natural state since I was probably 14 or 15 years old, and that's what I'm going for now. Like, once I get this two months of the no pot smoking, no drinking, then the next round is cigarettes and caffeine. We're getting rid of all this. Nice. Yeah. You're cleaning your body. Uh, sobriety yeah, yeah, has sure. specific meanings with, within specific contexts, such as culture of many substance use recovery programs, law enforcement, some schools of psychology. In some cases, sobriety implies achieving life balance. Life balance. All right. That's what, there we go. That's fine. See, life balance. I, I feel out of balance. 
coming back more into balance. But the, I don't, you know, it's not a struggle though. Like I enjoy it. Like that's good then. Because I, I, because when I look at that, well, that's the thing is I think it's. I believe strongly in the momentum. Like that's when you like you've been drinking for a while and you got all the momentum going with the drinking and you're like, ah, oh, maybe I should. Uh, but this is like my routine now. Right. And and, uh, and the thing is, like, since you've done it all, it's it's just like, okay, so uh, let me try this. Uh, you know, cleaning myself. You know, you know, yeah. changing the lifestyle, changing another chapter. Not saying that I'm not, you know, once in a while going to partake or anything, but at the same time, it's. You're going back to your balance, basically. It's almost like the same way I looked at acid when I was younger and first learning about hallucinogens, I now think about in terms of like not being in a natural state. Like, what is that like? <laughs> I, w I wonder what that would feel like. No nicotine, no caffeine, no THC, no alcohol, just me. Ugh, it sounds awful on paper. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people can't do it. That's true. Or you can do it up into a certain point where something catastrophic or pressure gets coming and then you need something to help cope. I think that's the big... I mean, it's easy to be sober on a, you know, sunny Friday afternoon, you know, when you're having fun. I, no, I disagree. I <laughs> If it's a sunny Friday afternoon and I'm like, what am I going to do with my day off? I'm like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, it's like, Bender's opens at two. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go day drinking. Look what I'm gonna do with my beautiful day. That's sometimes that's sometimes on me on Sunday. I can't not. I mean, my it's like I wouldn't. I don't know what to do if I'm not. If I, I have a day off, I mean, know. I feel like sometimes even I take a lot of work with the babysitting on because I know I have to be sober for it. And so I think I know I won't. I think there's plenty to do. I think since you know we're lucky to live in this area, just to get out of the city and go someplace is uh you know that's what i've been trying to do instead of like you know sunday fun day day drinking using sundays for like you know maybe like just going exploring because there's so much to it's explore. super shabbos i don't it's touch money i don't do work i don't answer the fucking phone dude <laughs> super shabbos exactly well um, dude you're not even fucking jewish man now now that my uh that jonathan's stupid football is over i can't have sundays back with him they won't let me put listen to any of the... I'm trying to get the rehab stuff up. And yeah, just rehab bartender song. They, yeah, uh, we can play that. I have it all up. So you guys are... I am I am definitely uh, on Alta California Botanicals right now. You guys are listening to the AltaCast. You're on YouTube. Mood-altering botanicals. Right now, while you're listening to this... Look in the mirror and say botanicals five times and just look at your fucking face while you say it. You can't stop laughing. It's insane. This is the physical challenge portion of the altercade. <laughs> this is a uh, rehab bartender song sitting at a bar here on mutinyradio.fm. Tender, I really did it this time. Broke my parole to have a good time. When I got home, it was 6 a.m. The door was locked, so I kicked it in. She was tripping on the bed. Oh. Our computer boxes are so unhappy with us and the rest of our lives. Uh... It's just what happens here at Mutiny Radio. Sometimes the internet 
goes wonky-fonky. It happens. It's okay. Well, it could also be the ghost in the machine saying, fuck you for playing a country song. Thanks, Steve Poggi. That was his request. I'm like, all right. It has the word rehab in it. That's fine. Oh, God. Fuck. I don't know. I don't like country music. Some people love it. You know, let them. I don't. I don't. Know I just went say. back to Missouri there for a minute did you <laughs> had a flashback flashing back all the way flashback of southwest missouri the ozarks oh my goodness yes i don't i couldn't even point to that on a map oh we're the ozark mountains yeah that's some real hillbilly country uh i don't uh i'm i'm trying to find some sort of oh it's because the youtube went down it's oh, okay youtube went down it's, that was not us that was them no, I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's our fault. <laughs> I'm sure it's my fault. Uh, you guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm every Wednesday from noon to two, followed by Y Steinberg's Think Grow Love Radio. She's coming back. I'm excited for her meditation times. Uh, we yeah yeah deep into her and her meditation. Good stuff. So this is the AltaCast. I'm Radio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Win. Hola. And Steve Poggi. I want Steve a cool Poggi. nickname like Sheriff of Truth. <laughs> Man, I'm just fucking. You got Poggi. Hey, go. here's fucking old dumb face. <laughs> That's what we got. So, we're gonna well sobriety. I usually I usually equate sobriety with meaning stick in the mud, but it doesn't have to be that way. No. Well, speaking of stick in the mud, can we can we talk about the game so I can maybe get some yeah, ideas from absolutely. the listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because give us a call four one five 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 zero zero five one one. So here's how the game works: um, being sober and excited. Um, I, the person that uh, I have an interest in now is uh, not the same thing. Like they're not sober. Like they're far more tame in anything that I've ever done. Like they've. You know, been told what to do their whole life through academics and everything else, and I've never listened to anybody. Uh, so we're going out on this date, and we're going to go to uh, Point Reyes and do like trail walking. So we're both performers. So I decided to make up this little game to uh, help the date kind of move along, break the ice, and act kind of goofy and silly and stupid. So the idea being is, you have like a plastic bag, and then you have these things printed out, and they're all rolled up. So it's just like a plastic bag with a little. Uh, paper balls in there and then you know you take turns drawing one of the things and then you have something to do so the ones that I have so far do you need some ribbon you can take some ribbon from us so you can tie them in the little box there's ribbon I'll give you ribbon so you can tie them it'll be Make them look like oh, antique like scrolls. scrolls? <laughs> no, because then you're going to get in there to shuffle them all up and they're going to come apart. No, they won't. Not if you tie them with a little bow. Well, here's the thing. After you do the thing, you have to eat the paper. I didn't just talk about that. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah. Don't. So these are the activities. It's a combination of activities and questions. Uh, and it's kind of like at midnight to where like you're going to get points, but the points don't really matter. So the first one is uh, slow dance to a David Bowie song. That was top priority. Yeah. I wanted to put that out there. Uh, tell an embarrassing story. List your pet peeves. Uh, who has been the biggest influence in your life? What should I know about you that I'd never think to ask? When was the last time you pissed your pants? That was a Benjamin submission. Uh, how like a how like a wolf for ten seconds? 
Tell a story from your childhood in the Christian Bale Batman voice. <laughs> Have a photo taken of you with T-Rex arms and post it to Facebook. Say a comics comic saw a comet on circa closed circuit closed captioning five times fast. Uh, do your best river dance for 30 seconds. Tell a story when you were scared as a pirate. Uh, draw a dirty picture on the trail. Rap about pizza for 30 seconds. Oh my god. Staring contest, reciting movie lines, first one to laugh uh, loses. Best Chewbacca impression. Tell a stranger your spirit animal. <laughs> and uh, if you got $10 million, what's the first thing that you would do? So, and then also there's like reversals or, you know, take two things. So if you have any more ideas of what you can, uh, what would be fun to do, uh, you know, let me fucking know. However you do that. Nice. Give us a call, 415-550-0511. I'm going to get there. I'm going to be like, hey, I got this fun little game. She's like, that is the stupidest shit I have ever fucking heard of. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> that No, I think that's awesome. You date creatively. No one does that anymore. I'm trying to, man, because you can't just, because uh, that's no one the thing. Does that anymore. When you don't have the, oh, let's, you know, let's just get a six pack and sit <laughs> by the water. Like that kind of, <laughs> you gotta, you have to have igniters to get conversations and stuff going. And plus, I feel like if you're comfortable acting like, you know, a T-Rex in front of somebody, then you're going to be comfortable around that person, right? Yeah. There's a yep. method to this myth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you if Can you, you want to the silly, if you want to get the things for the game, I, I think the best thing to do is I'm gonna like type them out in an email. So if you want the email, I can email it to you. And then if you add more to it or if you create your own, you can submit them so we can get like a master kind of list thing going. Because after you've done them before, you don't want to be on another date, assuming you want to play again. And then you know, oh, I get to do the T-Rex thing again. Like, Fuck, great, this is fun. You, know, you got to keep the ideas fresh. But they're kind of hard to think of. Well, pe making people interact, that's nice. It's like yeah. speed dating, but long form. It's like speed dating without the bath salts. <laughs> without the bath And agitation. <laughs> that would be... Someone needs to write that scene into a movie. Someone takes bath salts in a comedy. Someone takes bath salts before they go to a speed dating thing. Oh, I'm oh my sure. God. It's like an Amy Poehler feature or something, right? Yeah. Like takes that... That would be, be hilarious, know. actually. All right. We are about 30 minutes away from Think, Grow, Love with Y Steinberg coming up here on Mutiny Radio. I am so high. <laughs> <laughs> it's 127, uh, which means that it's time for you to go out to your local dispensary and ask for it by name, Alta California Botanicals. <laughs> the stink in the biz. All right, we were talking about sobriety, which I certainly am not right now. Right. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, I have plenty of fucking. I was a drunk idiot guy. One time I was at a fancy upscale friend of a friend's place, wasted as fuck again, and uh, it was like a nice like condo that they had, and uh, I was there. You know, like, they're like, oh, dude, this is Steve, he's our buddy, he's fun to hang around, he's all good. And I got there, and I went into their bathroom and, like, vomited, sprayed all over <laughs> oh the toilet. God. Like, down the side of it, oh. on the carpet and everything. And then walked out and was like, all right, guys, we gotta go. It's been nice meeting you. And then I just walked outside and, like, laid in a bush for an hour. <laughs> until, until the guy, the, the girlfriend of the host came down and was like, what the fuck did you do to the bathroom? I'm like, we left. You can't do nothing about it. We 
<laughs> you and yourself. Just me. Just me. My ride wasn't leaving. They were like, ooh, we're going to have fun, even though he destroyed the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. You didn't even try to clean it up. I, I didn't have wherewithal. I didn't know anything. I was so embarrassed that this happened because I was like, oh, I got to puke, but I wasn't expecting it to, like, spray out like a radius. Did you not open the seat? No, I, I don't even think I crouched <laughs> down. I just went, bah! and fucking doused everything with Cheetos or whatever I ate. All your DNA sprayed. Oh, man. Uh, oh. And your Doritos. There was that. There was one time we played uh, beer pong, but we had Captain Morgan in oh, the cups. Yeah. And I was drinking Ew. Camo XXX tall what cans. I, for a while, I had a thing for <laughs> horrible liquor. So, like, Colt 45, King Cobra 40 ounces. Some bullshit. Yeah, I, I thought bullshit. I was tough by drinking this shit. So oh, my God. It was just very unpleasant to be around. <laughs> Oh, no way. I don't like malt liquor. It does not go with my self. I don't. Mm -hmm. I can't Hell do no. I don't like no 40s. That shit tastes like piss. Yeah. And when it's warm. Yeah. Ew. Even, warm piss. Even like when it's Miller, it's still, it's like, ooh. Uh, one time I had a, a buddy that went to Europe, and he went to Holland, and he bought a bottle of absinthe and mailed nice. it back to me, and it was like a traditional, like, wormwood recipe kind nice. of thing. And uh, so me and uh, my cousin's husband, who uh -oh. I think they were just dating then, and uh, one of his buddies, we meet up in Conquer somewhere. And uh, like, you're supposed to prepare absinthe by, it's supposed to be like incredibly chilled, like Jägermeister, right? And you're supposed to pour it over a sugar cube to kind of cut out some of the bitterness right. and like with water and stuff and like, they literally have special absinthe tools yeah, that you use. You light like, the sugar yeah. on fire and then... This shit exactly. sat in my car in the sun for two days. Then we poured it into fucking oversized <laughs> wine glasses and shot it. What? And uh, that, it was funny. The f I, I fucking choked it down and I thought to myself, there is... No, like, there, I don't hate myself enough to drink this, like, regularly. And then the cousin's husband put it in and it just came right back out. And then he thanked me for it, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty nice. Like, I gave you something that made you feel up. Like, your body reacted as if it was Drano. <laughs> oh, and my he God. thanked me for it. Oh, hell no. Well, I had it at a bar here in the Mission years ago when it became legal or whatever here, and some absinthe company was having a party, and they were like $12 a piece, and they were doing it with all their sugar and all yeah. their shit, and blah, blah. And I'm like, 12 bucks? Jesus, it's not worth that much to me. I think Marilyn Manson got into the absinthe market for like a little while. He had his own absinthe. We used to have absinthe at the bar that I worked at in Chicago, and we used to do it the classic way like that. It was really fun. It was, it was C.S. Lewis was really big on that shit when he was doing the line of the Witch in the Wardrobe, I think. Wow, I think that's cool. how I had first encountered it, was looking at his Wikipedia page. That's cool. Yeah. Because C.S. Lewis was super Christian. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get so into that go. today. Wind <laughs> it down here on the botanical bash. <laughs> Jesus wasn't sober. He loved wine. Yeah, exactly. He was a good dude. Yeah, he liked wine, man. We should say something about David Bowie and stuff. Yeah. You were sad about Oh, it. yeah, dude. I, I cried like a little baby you for cried? about a day. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. I, uh, he's like, like my, he's one of my favorite heroes. Really? He was, yeah. My aunt took me to go see him with Nine Inch Nails when I was 14 at Riverport Amphitheater in St. Oh, Louis. Oh, shit. <laughs> now it's like fucking Old Navy Fun Zone or something. <laughs> Some corporation bought it. Of course. Of course they did. 
this is in st louis by the way and it like changed my life it really did it was really it's really was weird. bowie like, headlining uh he yeah it was the outside been, right? it was the outside tour outside lands no outside tour oh outside tour. his album the tour oh, yes, oh okay yes, yes. I see where you're and it was just about. the it, opening band was just it was, awesome too. it was just yeah it was really a, like one of those experiences like when you see one of your favorite artists and you're just like frozen it was like that you know and i have everything by him everything and i, I keep spinning around in this chair so <laughs> um but like you know i'm sorry for your loss then yeah everyone everyone's been like saying that to me like i knew him but it's weird like i i've been reading some like the feeds and stuff and like i'm not the only asshole that feels that way so no yeah. they, actually i've been really surprised about the reaction to his loss because like you know, Lemmy just died, and uh, Scott Weiland just died, but, like, there hasn't been the outpouring of yeah. emotions. Natalie like Cole fans. No, Where Natalie are they? Cole, yeah. But I, I feel like a lot more females were into David Bowie than they were necessarily, like, Lemmy or Scott Weiland. So I don't yeah. know if that has it. Like, it seems I, like they, it helped someone through some sort of time or something. It or? Did, it, it, well, if you know, the thing is, it's just like, it, you know, his artistry his artistry of things too, you know, and what he did, you know, and not even just in the music, but in art form and politically, you know, you know, he was talking about, uh, he came out on MTV, what, back in 1983, and he asked him why they didn't play black videos. And there's an old clip of it too, that's been posted really? all over like the place. Yeah, oh yeah. And then, you know, even with like, you know, saying that he was bisexual when it was like such a, at a time when it wasn't acceptable to even be that or come out. Or play with it you know that's that's something to think about you know androgyny you know that's an art form you know you know I um, you know a lot of my boyfriends used to wear eyeliner so there you, go. <laughs> you know there I go you know so it feels like during that time period though there was more of like a like pre-internet there was more of like a mythology built around stuff because it was like there was no like endless database of information that right, you could just right. you know punch in and stuff so it's like someone would tell you like oh man yeah did you hear fucking david bowie and trent reznor <laughs> hooking up or like you'd hear all kinds of weird shit like that yeah. and that's just like all just gone yeah it's it's like uh it's like playing telephone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but and, in some way i think that's like how like legends and like urban legend kind of people right came up i don't think i think those are kind of over i don't think you're gonna have that anymore. No, i think bill murray's the last dude, one and you're just talking about well, lemmy he could show up at the bar anywhere yeah anytime. and you were talking about lemmy he used to always hang out at the rainbow club in hollywood yeah you know you could just go there and you'll run into him yeah you know? but it's but, like you don't there's no everyone now is a brand yeah oh, yes this is yes the brand. what's your logo for your brand <laughs> It's not about the music. It's about, yeah, how many yeah. Cokes can you sell? And not even music. It's just it's all all artists now. Everyone's... And the funny thing about that is David Bowie hated that period of his life when he was doing that, you know. You know, when he was, you know, when he sold out, he says. He hated that period. He's just like, Soundtrack okay. for Pretty Woman in 1990. Is that what we're talking about? No, no. He didn't do that. <laughs> no, he was. He was on it. Dang. That's, that song was on the... Was that on the Pretty Woman It was Woman on song? the Pretty Woman soundtrack. I had it Oh, the remake. Tape. Oh, the remake. The, 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 the 1991. Yeah, yeah you're right. With, That's right. I forgot about Julia that Julia Roberts. With Julia Roberts, oh, yeah. That movie's stupid. I hate it, that movie. Yeah, well, the myths that we perpetuate. Oh, gosh. Especially. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, yeah, David Bowie. Yeah, and I, you know, during the time like with like uh, Let's Dance and all that, oh, uh-huh. you know, when he was always like always on MTV <laughs> and trying to sell stuff, and you know, he said he hated that period. You know, he wasn't creative. Uh, you know, manufacturing. Right. He wasn't creative, so he stopped doing it. But you see, I so mean, many the opportunity the... to have money would it be so. But, but once you have but, that money and then you're not worried about it anymore, then you almost... You know, but the thing is, like, in order to do it, you have to tap dance and shuffle and act like a fool and yeah. sell your soul to somebody. Play the clown. Yeah. <laughs> dance monkey. You know... Dance magic dance. <laughs> you... Move magic move. <laughs> <laughs> I, like the, I can't do the I can't do the rap part. It's a double with the baby, but the bull. <laughs> that sounds pretty accurate. Yes, MC Pam. <laughs> that was a good song. But I mean, yeah, you were talking about how everything is a brand, and it's just like, and even the brand isn't even an art form. It's just like you don't even try. Yeah. It's just boring. It's excuses to get untalented people involved with talented people. I'll run your social networks and your Twitter feeds. I'll just put out your stuff for you. Exactly. Well, if you do have somebody working like eight hours a day to try to promote you, things, something has to happen somewhere, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's the classic thing of, you know, if you slap the Tide logo in front of enough people's faces so many times, they're going to just be programmed to buy Tide. Mm-hmm. I you think that's information that we got from the Nazis with their, like, propaganda <laughs> and shit. That's what, that's what I think of all of our marketing. All of our marketing is from uh, Hitler how he was able to brainwash a country and the United States was like dude we're capitalists write this shit down right. <laughs> yeah we're gonna sell fucking teddy bears with this shit yep well uh, I'm just uh, I don't, don't want to get political I just don't want to but uh, I was talking with some comedians and Jonathan the other night and, and some of the guys from FTW too Forever Two Wheels Mondays 8 to 10 and we're outside talking about like socialism and why it doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. and I said the problem is that we in our country or in our society we don't value work equally and I think that work whether it's digging a ditch or building something or taking care of someone or taking care of a baby or writing a story or whatever okay all of that is work and all of that work should be equally valued across the board and and then the, and Ian Levy was like well let me play a devil's advocate uh, what's the incentive for people to want to be doctors and all that stuff? And I'm like, well, if all the education's free and you can do whatever you want and all of your work is valued the same, then you can do whatever you want to do. You just have to work at something. And it'll eventually work out because people will want to be doctors and people will want to be lawyers and well, it's just socialism. You just don't, just all work is valued the same. But people can't do that. They're like, well, the people that make my clothes, the Bangladeshi, it needs to be less. Or, like, we're all people, and everybody can give their skills equally, and I, it bothers me. Some people's work, which is harder than ours, is valued, like, so less. Yeah, but then that would get boring. <laughs> you wouldn't have anyone to fight and cuss about. <laughs> well, but wouldn't it be better if instead of spending time fighting and cussing, we all found ways to, like... Built together. I sound like that. Boo-danicles. If we just sat around and looked at rainbows and petted our dogs and, you know, fed each other's cats, this we could make this happen. Yeah. No, there's, there's people things. genetically that are just 
cunts. And that's because <laughs> yes. of those people. And as we get more people on this planet, we get more cunts. All right, our yeah. cunt levels are rising and skyrocketing through the, the stock market's the crashing, the cunt market's rising. <laughs> and we need to. I think we should give everyone a three foot by like inch and a half stick. And if someone fucks with you bad enough, and you have the capabilities to hit them with your stick. You should be able to hit them with the stick. <laughs> and, you know, if, they, if they're somewhere else and, you know, they're away from you and they can't interfere, then you can't hit them with your stick. So you can't give them, you know. I'm just saying, if we all just hit each other with sticks, <laughs> I think we could get to the bottom of the cunt market issue. Uh, you know, I, I do kind of agree with you a little bit in that. Take there a swing. Are, well, there have been times where there, I, well, for it to be acceptable for me, and, and metaphorically speaking, to be able to be like, to tell someone when they're being a cunt. To be like, you know, I wouldn't want to use like the literal stick, but if you could like actually be honest with people and they would take it and you would say like, wow, you are really being a cunt right now. <laughs> and they were like, oh, I can take that feedback in some way. Oh no, that's, that's not going to happen. Change. No one, no one wants no. to hear that they're a cunt <laughs> unless they're at the rock bottom. We're putting feminism back like five to seven years. We're pushing comedy forward, I feel like, at least six to seven months. Anything, <laughs> anything where it's just about one person or one group getting better shit, I, I feel like you're like, it's like almost like a reverse racism. Like, it's not like these people should get more of this. It's like all people should be at this level. And if they're not at this level, we need to you know, make sure they get up to that level. Not like, bah, I'm a female, so I'm supreme ruler of the universe because I cut my hair short and I've got a mustache. Like, that's not, I don't enjoy that kind of feminism. I don't support those people. All right, you can blow your ethnicity out your assholes. Fair enough. I got nothing on that one. I got nothing. <laughs> See, if we had a stick, maybe we could push the dial. We could figure it out. Uh, if you guys come down to the studio on. 21st in Florida, 2781 21st Street. There's this really kind of cool, weird, new art thing up, and it's all of these labor um, heroes from the world. Uh, I, uh, some of them I didn't know who they are, and, but they're all these little explanations, and they're written by uh, Bill Morgan, who is the bee on Saturdays from 10 to noon, and his show is called Labor and Love, and it's all about, like, labor issues and communism and stuff. It, dude, it's really sad to come down here and read these things and see the kind of shit that someone had to sacrifice their life in order to achieve. It, it's like, and we take it Harry, Harry Bridges was gunned down because he said he should have a 15 minute break. It's like, oh yeah, my well. God, man. That <laughs> shit was fucking, like it was borderline slavery, basically. Like there was not really work. It was just rich people and dumb fucks who put widgets together. And yeah, yeah. all the child labor laws, all that stuff. Like, Dude, it is really crazy. Little fingers, deft work. And you know what's weird is you would think coming down here and reading this stuff would inspire you because all these people's messages were so admirable and noble, but they all got executed. So <laughs> yeah. you're just like, oh, we're, we're just an evil set of creatures is what we are. <laughs> Solar flare. Let's knock out the electricity and start over. Well, that's I think the we thing. take it for granted. I really do. I think yeah. we really take it for granted and people don't realize like these people, you know, what they did for us and then, you know, we're just all on our iPhones. Martin tap, Luther tap, King tap, Day. Tap, See, tap, I, tap, I, tap. I have a theory on that. You know, 
like when you think in the terms of video games, when video games went from like Pong to like Atari Pac-Man, right? And like we've known about those, we've played them, and we've seen everything develop. But now there's kids that come out, and the first video game they play is Call of Duty 8, where they're stabbing people in the face, and you know, but it's like that's their video game, and they don't appreciate the other stuff necessarily, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. You brought it back to video games. Dude, it's all about the Mario Bros. But the thing is, I'm balanced because I still appreciate my Atari. Mm, I got Nintendo 64 like a whore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Aww. I almost bought like those like stupid fake uh, Ataris like at Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, where they give you like, a certain amount of games yeah. and like, a joystick? I almost got it, and I'm like, this isn't real. This is fake. Thrift stores. That's exactly. And every time when I go to a thrift store, I, I, I don't ever see one. I used to see them all the time. You got to pounce quickly, man. Yeah. You got to wait for the stars to twinkle, the sun to line up in the right shade, Mars waiting. to be in retrograde, and then, you know, you can stumble across a find. I will one day. I will have my Atari back. I was the never, I've never been a video game player. Oh, yeah. I've I, never been. It's just never. Nintendo and Super NES. Oh, man. I remember the Return of the Jedi game for Super NES. I still want to play that game. I might go home and download an emulator <laughs> so I can play that later. I just, I can't even conceptualize because I was never good at them. I just, I don't have hand-eye coordination. No one ever is. No. You must learn. First of all. No, I don't have that kind of time. Come you on, know, Skywalker. Listen, I used so to play Super, things I'd want to do. I used to play Super Mario Brothers for hours, and still to this day, I cannot get the princess, but I still try. Yeah, you still try. I still try. And people make fun of me that the fact that I still can't get to the princess. Princess, well, you know what? If I, there was a Nintendo in front of me, I would still keep trying, and I would do it for hours, I swear. It's not about getting the princess. It's <laughs> about trying to get the it's princess. It's still trying, and that's on the first Super Mario, ladies and gentlemen. That's sad. Yeah. I, I just had to break it down with my date. I was like, you know, uh, you know, we've been talking for a while, and I just got to know, you know, how do you feel about Nintendo 64? <laughs> you know, spit out your feelings now, because they're going to come to light if you try to hide them. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I just uh, I've never I'm never cared about video games, but I don't despise them. I mean, I've watched a lot of them, but I'll usually just read a book <laughs> while like if, if he wants to play video games, I'll read a book. Yeah, I like to read books. I, I like books, but I I mean I'm an old school gamer. Yeah. I'm old school. I stop. Give me I cartridges or give me death. Exactly. I'm I'm one of those. So and I lost everything after 1997. So that's yeah. I just never experienced any modicum of success playing the games, and so I think I gave up so quickly because I just... Determination. Dude, interactive story, man. You gotta earn your story. You gotta get all the flowers, you gotta get the sunshine rays and the fucking blue flute. And Otherwise, the... you don't find out what happens to Jerry. <laughs> it's like you're... I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, see, about. that's like me and Pete, we play video games, but I'm the kind of person where I play video games, I immediately set it on the hardest difficulty setting possible, and then, like, let's, let's fucking play, son. Let's get some skill going, where he's, like, you know, he's putting in God mode codes and shit, and he's cheating and stuff. <laughs> I can't play with you, bro. I can't play. He's talking about, like, some of the uh, secret moves and shit, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The hidden, the hidden shit that nobody else knows. You gotta push it real good. Yeah. Dude, what you gotta do is you gotta get yourself some botanicals. <laughs> you gotta get yourself a Nintendo 64. No, Nintendo. And a bottle of water because you're not drinking. 
And then you got to get in there and you got to hammer out Legend of Zelda. They just had a thing. Legend, oh, a love blind Legend guy beat Zelda for Nintendo 64. No way. It took him five years, but he beat it just based off of audio cues of like the guys like click, 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 as they run along and then you know the monster making a noise. That's, That's insane. Insane. And I guess he live broadcasted himself trying this. So it's so weird to see someone playing.